We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You may start noticing that there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death. Now, why call this water liquid death? Well, mostly because it's going to brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. I have a can of liquid death right here and I'm able to open and take a drink from that. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And it looks just like water. One thing that I actually like to do is have people that don't know it's water. So you just give them one and they think they're getting a beer and all of a sudden it's actually better for them. It's a nice given thing of water. Their help. You can drink it at 9am. You can drink it at school. You can drink it at drink it in public, do whatever you want with this little bottle of goodness right here. Go get your liquid death today at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or just find a liquid death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack a Day podcast, and a very happy Thanksgiving to everybody. 
It is the Thursday edition of the Packaday Podcast. I am part of your Thursday crew. I am Jason Perrone. You can find me on Twitter at Jason Perrone. Also over at Game On Wisconsin, I do the Quick Slants Podcast every Monday following the Packers games. And along with me, as always, of Packer Report is Mark Eckel, And we have a special guest today who will be joining us momentarily after we do a little bit of weather, as we always do. Elliot Shore Parks with the Eagles, and he has worked with Mark in the past, so we are very gracious gracious for him to give us a couple minutes and join us. But Mark Eckel, there was no Packers game on Sunday. What would you do with your Sunday? Watch other games. Watch I watch good teams play. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Very I good. Got, I actually got a chance to watch the Eagles because for some unknown reason to me, but they were the national, they were the, my local game this week on there. I, I didn't have to go out to a bar. Gotcha. Um, that Eagle Colt, which wasn't a very good game, by the way, but I watched the Eagles Colts at one o'clock. And then I, I was, I sat back and had a great time watching the Minnesota Vikings lose to the Dallas Cowboys. That's true. As Packers fans, we're kind of petty like that, aren't we? Especially in a down yes, year. <laughs> and yes. we actually have to... Well, we're act- acting like Viking fans now. We're acting we- like Viking fans that, you know, have nothing to cheer for but Packer losses. That's right. The, the, the roles are reversed. The shoe is on the yeah. other foot. So let's let's bring in Elliot to the conversation here. Elliot, thank you so much. Elliot Short Parks, he's the Eagles reporter for 94 WIP. He's got the Go Birds pod that he is a podcast host for. And Elliot, I'll let you introduce yourself and everything else that you're working well, let, on these let days. Me, let me introduce it. Elliot is a guy... He worked with me for many years. How many years were you at NJ.com, Elliot? I think it was about three or four years. And, and I was going to say, uh, speaking of roles reversed, Mark calling me to ask about the Eagles when he's a legend here in Philadelphia <laughs> for his Eagles coverage. Uh, the roles definitely feel reversed there. But well, you're uh, the guy now. No, you're the <laughs> I mean, Elliot is the Elliot. He's not the he's not the beat reporter you want. For exactly. Sure, but he is the beat reporter you need. That's exactly right. Yes. That's what, and uh, always been, it's been that way. And Elliot is the king of Twitter. I, yeah. You know, Jason, I, I, I joke sometimes, but Jay, Jason and, and when, when Paul was with us, you know, being a little older than the rest of the guys, you know, I, I go on Twitter when I have to and I list, I look at stuff and I, you know, whatever. No, Elliot runs Twitter. <laughs> well, no, in Philadelphia. Like, uh, it looks like in a few months there might not even be a Twitter anymore. So I'll find, then you'll start your own. Yeah, I'll define who <laughs> wanted to be king. Because if, if you're anywhere in Philadelphia, if you've ever watched an Eagle game or like, you know Elliot, and you probably have gotten gotten into a fight with him at one time. <laughs> yes, well, not, the team keeps winning, so there's nothing to be mad about here in Philadelphia for maybe the first time ever. You know, they lost to Washington, and they went to fire. Yeah, yeah. amen. All right, um, let me ask you this, Elliot, just off to go. So you and I talk a lot during the off-season, off-season, but before the season began, you were you were opti- you were cautiously optimistic. You weren't. You didn't think they were going to be nine and one. I don't think. No. What's been no. the difference? I mean, the difference has been Jalen. Uh, as yeah. you mentioned, we we talked during the off season, and I think really anybody you talk to about the Eagles would tell you the roster was really good. They they added a lot of players. I mean, they added James Bradbury, Hassan Reddick, yeah. AJ Brown. I mean, they you know they added Nakobe Dean. He doesn't even get on the field. Their linebackers have been so good, which is certainly a surprise here in Philadelphia. So the roster is good. The, the, the question was Jalen. The question was whether Jalen Hurts could take an improvement from where he was last year, and he, he has. I mean, you know, I, I don't have to tell you guys, as people who follow the NFL, he's been arguably the MVP of the league if it wasn't for some guy named Mahomes out in Kansas City. So he's, he's been incredibly improved. His accuracy is better. His decision-making is better. I can probably count on one hand the amount of interceptable passes he's thrown this year. Uh, and, you know, again, I'll go, I'll go back to it, but 
his accuracy is out. It, it's it's the most improvement I've seen from one year to the next for any Eagles player the whole time I've covered the team. He hits AJ Brown in stride. He he's just been he's been phenomenal. So yeah, I mean, look, I think these last few weeks, and I'm sure we'll get into it. The offense hasn't been as good. But if you ask me, why are the Eagles nine and one? It's because they have a quarterback, and it's something they haven't had for a long time. So Elliot, I I got to tell you, uh, I'm listening to you describe what about what, 13 years ago, we were saying about Aaron Rodgers, where when he came into the league, accuracy was an issue. He wasn't actually very good. His mechanics weren't very good. And then he went through Mike McCarthy's quarterback school. And all of a sudden, 2007 rolls around. He's got some more accuracy. He's worked on that. His mechanics have improved. He gets in the game against the Cowboys, almost leads an amazing comeback. But the Packers realized from that point forward, they had a guy. And I'll say, as far as Jalen Hurts goes, he... The thing that that stood out to me when he was in college was his his fire, his competitiveness. And I think he's got that chip on his shoulder because he wasn't drafted as high. And you can see his work ethic and, and what he brings to the Eagles. I Maybe you're not pleasantly surprised. I, to me, I I mean, I, I love him as a player. I didn't know if he'd work out as a quarterback, but it looks like the Eagles got a real one. Yeah, and I also think, you know, when you look at what Jalen's become, right, and uh, maybe one day when I, you know, when I've covered the league as long as Mark has, I'll be able to put all of my knowledge together for a long time. But in my short time, you know, I guess it's maybe 10 years now, actually, but in my time covering the Eagles, I feel like Jalen has changed what I look for in a quarterback. If you would ask me this a few years ago, I would have said you want raw ability, you want accuracy, you want a cannon for an arm. Well, that kind of describes Zach Wilson in a lot of ways, and he's a complete disaster. I, I think what, what you're seeing in Jalen Hurts is that it matters a lot who you are as a person to be a quarterback and a leader uh, of the team. And I wouldn't have said that a few years ago, but he's come here, he's worked hard, he's improved. And it's, you know, it, maybe it shouldn't be surprising because he played at Alabama, he played at Oklahoma, he was a second round pick. This isn't, you know, some seventh rounder that's catching the world by surprise, but I think it really matters that Jalen is committed to being great. Uh, the last quarterback that was here in Philadelphia probably didn't have that same type of drive. And his teammates really like him. So does he what have about Nick Foles? Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's the quarterback no one will talk about, right? But um, <laughs> look, his arm his arm is not the best. He doesn't have uh, a Justin Herbert arm, but he's won a lot more games than her than than Justin Herbert has, right? So I, I think it just matters that uh, he, he's a really good leader and he's got a ton of talent. But I think his personality is what makes him great. Let me ask you this, Ellie, because I'm taking nothing away from Hurts, because I agree with you that if I was doing an MVP ballot, it would Mahomes right now would be one of. And but, yeah. but, but Hertz would be two. If, you know, he'd be my number two. And and if they did it back in the day, way back, they used to do an NFC and AFC. Mm-hmm. So Hertz would be my NFC MVP without without that, without a doubt. But let me just say this: How much is you know? Last year he was okay. I mean he he did he took them to the playoffs. So he didn't do well in the playoffs, but he did get them there. Uh, but he didn't. He had a rookie wide receiver, a good tight end, Jalen Ray. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then a bunch yeah. of guys that are either aren't there anymore, or, or you know, how much is the, the the you know Smith being in his second year now taking a taking a step as well? AJ Brown, which I think was the great the best trade in a long time, and maybe the greatest trade in Eagle history. We'll we'll see how it all plays out. But and then you know Goddard was back, and he's you know well he's hurt now, but he's you know he's one of the better tight ends in the NFC. And then a good offensive line. Uh, even even you know Watkins taking a step and uh, and the kid they got they brought in from the Chargers um, with um, what's his name? Well, Pascal from Pascal. The, from the Colts, yeah, from the Colts. So I mean, he had. I mean, this Eagle team. It's Hertz is the he's the catalyst, obviously. But but like and and Jason and I will talk about how the Packer defense is going to 
try to stop this offense. I'm not sure yeah. that's possible. But they have, I mean, this is as many offensive weapons as the Eagles have had. And I mean, I go back with Eagles a long time. And I can't, I, I don't remember having, you know, the, the, the depth at wide receiver along with a, a top tight end. And then some backs that aren't bad either. Miles Sanders and Boston yeah. Scott and Gainwell. They're not bad either. Yeah, and their offensive line is outstanding too. So, you know, I think if you look at, if you're a quarterback in the NFL, where do you want to play? It's probably Philadelphia, just with the weapons they have, the line, the the, the running backs. But so, I, you know, I think what you were asking too was how much has that helped him improve and how yeah. much is him? But I, I think that, look, there's no question adding A.J. Brown helps, right? But he's the only new addition to the offense. And, you know, are, are there some 50-50 balls that he wins? Yeah, there's been a couple. And I think just the fact he's an excellent route runner, you know where he's going to be. That helps. But, you know, you guys will see it this Sunday and whatever chance you've had to watch him this year. The ball just comes out of his hand different this year. And that has nothing to do with A.J. Brown. It's just consistent accuracy. He hits people in, he hits people in stride. He hits people in the numbers. You know, they don't have to slow down or reach behind to catch the ball. It's not them making outstanding catches each week. It's really good throws to really good receivers. Now, the offense is in a rut. There's no question about it. They only scored, uh, they ended up with 17 points against the Colts. They only had three in the first three quarters. So, you know, on a larger scale, yes, there's a lot of positive things to say about the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. But I don't know if that's the offense you guys are going to have to face on Sunday night. Yeah, so what's happened the past two weeks? Washington, I gave him an excuse. I gave him the, all right, it happens. Yeah. Colts, the Colts game, which I, I and I, I, I was, I happened to see both of those games at home so I could watch and listen to everything not being out, you know, with a lot of noise and stuff. Like I said, Washington, eh, they were they were undefeated and maybe they were due for something bad. To, right, it happens. But then to, to put back-to-back poor performances together, yeah. are people starting to worry a little bit? Oh, well, it's Philadelphia, man. You've been- <laughs> <laughs> they wanted Jonathan Gann fired after they lost their first game. So, yeah, I think, you know, people are worried. But, no, I, I think what happened was they lost Dallas Goddard, who, you know, when, when you when you talk about the weapons on this offense, he sometimes mm-hmm. gets, gets overlooked because A.J. Brown is so good and Devontae is such a high-profile name. But Dallas Goddard's been one of the best tight ends in the league over the last few seasons. So they lost him, uh, which is a big deal. But then I also think what you saw versus the Colts is – they overcompensated. They tried to get too creative in how they were going to replace him. They ran a lot of three tight end sets, which is weird because they were missing their best tight end. So hmm. they did that early on. Um, there was at one point like three straight plays where A.J. Brown wasn't on the field. So I think the Colts game was just a poorly coached game by Nick Sirianni and offensive coordinator Shane Steichen. So I, I think on Sunday night, if you're a Packers fan, you have to hope they come in with that same game plan, right? But, yeah. but if, they, if, they just, if they just run 11 personnel, if they have Devontae, Quez, Devontae, Smith out there, they let Jalen do his thing and they don't try to you know, force these tight ends into the game plan, yeah, they, they, they have a really good offense. But what I think what's happened over these last two, two games is that and then also turnovers. This is a team that only turned the ball over, I think, two times in their first eight games. Like, that's a, no, no offense is going to sustain that, no matter how good you are. So I think they're turning it over more. They have, I think, six turnovers in the last two games. Um, so that's been a major problem for them. And, you know, I think if you're an Eagles fan, you have to hope it's just a fluke. But if you're a Packers fan, you probably are thinking, all right, that insane turnover ratio is starting to kind of come back to a more realistic thing, and it could continue on Sunday. Well, I will say a couple things. The 17 points, the Packers would probably love to score 17 points a game this season. They've been <laughs> really struggling to put up points. And, and obviously, if you're an Eagles fan, you hope that's all they score because you think Philly's going to be able to outdo them there. But 
the, the Packers have actually won the turnover battle and lost some games. I mean, this is the season where if you're going to have a stinker, Green Bay is the team you want to be playing because you might still survive it. Uh, they had a really good game against Dallas, and I joked, and I said, I think if someone needs to tell Aaron Rodgers and, and Matt LaFleur that Mike McCarthy is coaching every opponent from this point forward and just see <laughs> what happens there. But this game, obviously, when the schedule came out, was was it's Sunday night football, so the league thought it was going to be something different. The Eagles fans, Packers fans, all thought it was going to be something different. It's not necessarily that. So you've got a you've got another Eagles team that's got a chance to go to a championship here, albeit a very different one, five years removed from the last time that they did it. But this time we see the Eagles coming. There's no Nick Foles coming in for Carson Wentz, and it's yeah. it's a different team. So as far as this team, and maybe just compared to that last team and the and the preparedness and the, the I'll use the word swagger confidence. How are you? How are they? How are they looking? Well, again, you know, it's funny. If they would have played the Packers three weeks ago, I would have been on here saying I'm already picking out my suit for the Super Bowl, right? Like, I mean, it looked like they were, they were never going to lose a game. So now I, I think that, you know, the defense is playing outstanding. I'll say that. Like, the defense is playing at an extremely high level. They're for, they're forcing a ton of turnovers. They probably have the best secondary in the NFL, even without Avante Maddox, the Bradbury and Slay combination. I haven't seen any receiving core get the better of both of them in the same game. But – the other thing about this is, you know, and I will get your guys' opinion on this, like, they haven't beaten a good quarterback since Nick Sirianni and Gannon got hired. Like, there's probably not one game oh. I can think of off the top of my head where I, where you go, okay, they beat a top-five quarterback. Now, is Aaron Rodgers still a top-five quarterback? Like, that's, yeah. you know, that's that's an interesting question. He doesn't have great weapons around him. He's not playing as well. But if they beat Aaron Rodgers on Sunday, it'll be the first time they beat a quarterback that's on the short list when you're talking about the, the best in the league. So Is that right? If, is that right? That even this year, they their nine wins of, haven't come against any good no, quarterback. I mean, they beat Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Kyler Murray, who I wouldn't consider great, no. Kenny Pickett, oh. um, whoever plays for Houston. And, uh, <laughs> oh, and, and that's why Dallas, when they beat Dallas, Dak wasn't back yet. Dak wasn't there, so Cooper Rush and Matt Ryan. So that's who they beat this year. And then last year, if you look at the quarterback. No, last year they didn't beat anybody, yeah. Well, and, and not only that, they got torched by all the good quarterbacks. Like, even Derek Carr really gave it to him, and he's, you know, probably Kirk Cousins' light, right? So – I think that if you know that that yeah. that's the thing. Like this that's week, a very, I didn't, that's a very interesting point. Yeah, and and I think part of the reason is Gannon's defense basically asks the opposing quarterback to make mistakes. He'll let you dink and dunk down the field. He plays off coverage. He counts on quarterbacks to make mistakes. Now the Packers don't have good receivers, which we you know could be well. Although Christian Watson's been playing better, and I guess Randall Cobb's okay, but but they don't have like outstanding co- receivers. But I if Aaron Adams. Said. Yeah, yeah, he's not there. But if Aaron Rodgers is smart with the ball, like, you know, this this defense can be beat. If if you if you're willing to sit back in the pocket, dissect what you're seeing and just dink and dunk them to death, like you can control the clock and that that's how teams beat them. Like that's how Derek Carr completed 80% of their passes against them. Now, they've better talent than they did last year, but I think it's a big challenge for the defense. Like I I'm going to pick the Eagles probably, but I need to see them beat a really good quarterback before I'm going to confidently pick them to beat one. The Packers should do – well, I'll just say real quick, the Packers should do in their offense every single game, not just against Philly, Elliott, what you just described. Unfortunately, fortunately for Eagles fans, unfortunately for Packers fans, that's just not the way that Aaron Rodgers is playing right now, whether it's the thumb, the offense, whatever it be, a combination of the two. He's just not doing that. So if he all of a sudden does that on Sunday and settles in – 
it's going to be like he had some sort of a, a strange moment of reckoning or, you know, who well, knows what, what he did he... against Dallas, though, Jason. That's what, exactly what they did against Dallas. They, that's why I said you have to you have to yeah. tell Aaron Rodgers that Mike McCarthy that Mike is McCarthy. coaching the Eagles this weekend, <laughs> and maybe we'll see that version of of him show up. I mean, it's a big game. If Aaron Rodgers wants to, you know, put, you know, put the thumb the rest of the world and just tell him to, to lay off and, and stop saying he's having a do- an off year, playing well against this Philly team would go a long way. But I just don't know if that's necessarily going to be what happens. Oh, let me ask you about Nick Sirianni because that was my question before. And I, I know your question was hurts and mine was obviously a little bit hurts because I, you know, I've always liked them. I liked them in college. I liked it. I liked it when Eagles took them to be honest with you. Yeah. But Sirianni, and I'm still not sure if I like him or not. <laughs> really not. I mean, he, he has a lot of energy. I give him that. I don't know. <laughs> no other coach I've ever seen in terms yeah. of, you know, yelling at the fans during the game and, you know, getting, he's very emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he, I, and I think that kind of hurt him again. I mean, I, I, I read the quotes, his post-game quotes about how much this, this was for Frank Reich. And he was so upset that Reich got fired. And what well, is it? The NFL guys get fired. It happens. You're like, you know, I mean, he has to learn that where he is, I think, you know, I mean, you can't get that upset that your friend got fired because guess what? Another one of your friends is going to get fired next year. I mean, it just, it's the NFL. People get fired. For, it's a bottom-line business. Frank Reich didn't get fired because he's a bad guy. He got fired because the team was losing. Right. You know. And, you know. Um, and I, now, you, you're with him every day. You, you know, and I know you get to know coaches pretty well. Tell me about me. Am I wrong thinking what, I, what I'm thinking? Is he, is he more? I mean, I just see the outside now. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. Tell me, tell me if I would like him if I was still covering the team. Oh, that's where I was going to go with it. I have absolutely no question in my mind that if you were around Nick, you would love him. No okay. question in my mind. Like and you know me. Yeah, exactly. He's honest. Um, okay. I like he's that. helpful. He's a real football guy. I hate to use that term, but yeah. like you can just tell the guy like super enjoys football. But but I also think when I think of what make what makes him great, it's not the X's and O's. Like I don't think he's a Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan. In ten years, and we're talking about Nick Sirianni, it won't be like this amazing offense he ran. What he's really good at is. He's just a great guy that guys love to play with. And I think he has a real feel for the game. Now, the Colts game was not good. I think his emotions got, got the best of him. Yeah. And, and he is good with X's and those. I don't mean to, to diminish that. I mean, they're third in the league, I think, in points. And for what it's worth, he well, did. That quarterback yeah. draw to win the game was brilliant. Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes he doesn't get enough credit for the fact that under his coaching, Jalen Hurts has gone from a player that did wildcat snaps his rookie year to MVP of the league throwing the ball. So he certainly deserves credit for that. I just mean that being down at that Novacare, like, and you were around Doug for a year. Doug, Doug was similar, but Doug was older. Doug had been in the league. Doug was not really like Nick, but I just being down there, and I hate to use this term because it sounds corny, but like, it is just, it's a great atmosphere. He's built a real family atmosphere and guys love playing for him. I mean, you know, after they beat the Colts, Jalen Hurts interrupted his speech, grabbed a ball, gave it to Nick in the middle of the team and said, this one's for you coach, right? Like, like they just really, really love playing for the guy. And I also think he's willing to, he's not like a power hungry kind of guy. He lets Shane Steichen call the plays. Um, He lets Gannon run the defense. He is kind of a leader. So that's of the, how he picked a pick the player. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, that's every Eagles coach, right? Until <laughs> until they're not the coach anymore. But um, no, I mean, I, I think that um, he just a, he's a good coach. Like he's a good kind of leader of men coach, which is funny because his first press conference was so bad. But that that that's what he's turned into. And uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to be an outstanding coach in this league for a long time. 
I think when you look at at him, so all the stuff you just described there, Elliot, is a lot of what we've been waiting to see out of Matt LaFleur, not just this season, because he's faced some adversity and he's had some rough waters to navigate. But over the last four seasons, he's won a lot of games and, and they've had a lot of success. And so he hasn't really had to step into that role and kind of guide it through some of that adversity there. And, and obviously different styles, different coaches, you know, there's there's different things that guys are good at. And I think Matt LaFleur is, is very good also schematically. And, and we've got to give him a chance, as many have been saying, to, you know, and this is looking ahead here, to run this team and run this offense with a different quarterback before we really fully judge him. But the things you're saying about, about Sirianni here really resonate with me as somebody who's looking for something or some form of glue to come come together and bring this team together and galvanize them. The season's all but over pretty much for the Packers. I mean, they're not going to go on this magical run. They could, but it's very unlikely. But but I think, and Mark, I think you probably feel the same way too. We've talked about it. Matt, Matt LaFleur could probably learn a lot from some of the things that Sirianni does. Well, Matt, I mean, I think you're being a little hard on, on Matt LaFleur. I am. The, the yeah. first couple years, I mean, nobody criticized him. The guy won 39 games in right. three years, more than any, any coach has ever won in three years. Um Sirianni, I mean, again, oh, you're there every day, and I, and I know you, you have to get get going soon. So we'll, we'll we'll wrap this part up. But yeah. last year, at this point last year, nobody was talking about Nick Sirianni. They were talking about him maybe being one and done. Yeah, I mean, they it, got off to a bad start last year. He was talking about growing flowers. Yeah, and say this guy's nuts. This guy is not a coach. He's a nut job. Am yeah, this <laughs> last year, people were throwing flowers at him from the state. Yes. Or mad. Yeah, so things. They, Things change quickly. And look, the roster's gotten better. There's no question about that. But I also think it's, you know, kind of a good lesson. And, you know, it takes time. Like, I, I, I'm i in a media market. And, Mark, you can speak to it. And I'm sure it's like that with the Packers, too. Like, people want instant results. And if it was instant results, Jalen wouldn't be here. Nick wouldn't be here. So I'm not saying people get two or three years. I know it's the NFL. That's not realistic. But, yeah, I mean, I think Nick Nick took some time. And when Jeffrey Lurie hired him, they said, we know you can be a great coach one day. They, they didn't think it was instant right away. And I think – he, he's become that. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So the roster helps, but I think Nick deserves a ton of credit for where they're at. All right. Well, listen, Elliot, thanks a lot for, for joining us. Um, keep doing what you're doing. I mean, yeah. I, I, I told, I, I don't know if I told Jason this or I told somebody else this, you know, you always thank me for helping you. Cause I guess we, we worked together, what, for three years on the Eagles beat. Yeah, I think yeah, three or two, four two years. Tips years and, uh, maybe oh, yeah, two tips years in 2016. And then the minute then you left, first they won the Super Bowl. So Yeah, well, yeah 32 <laughs> years they didn't win the Super Bowl. I, I, I leave it. I kind of think I was holding them back. Um, <laughs> but anyway, you always tell me, you always tell people how much I, I helped you. And I'm like, thank you. Yeah. I, I, I guess I did. But you, you I, I told Jason, you helped me come into the social media world that I tried to ignore <laughs> most of my life. Uh, yeah. But, you know, because that's, that's your thing. And, Good luck going forward. Um, tell us, so you're, where, where do we find your stories? Yeah, so, well, I mean, look, I, I barely write anymore, which is oh. kind of sad. But, yeah, yeah I'm a 94 WIP, uh, you know, in Philly. But I do a podcast uh, called Go Birds with James Seltzer that, that's updated all the time. So if you guys want to hear about, you know, the Packers' up, epic upset of the Eagles and how <laughs> the sky is falling in Philadelphia, we'll have that out, uh, you know, probably first thing Monday morning. So, Elliot, before and, you go, yeah, appreciate you coming on, Elliot. Before you go, you got to give us a game pick and a score. So, I mean, I, I will pick the Eagles to win this game. But but I'll say this, like, you guys, and maybe it's because you watch them closer, so maybe I should I should take this. Like, you're more down on the Packers than I am. I, I, I look from afar and I see a team that has a great quarterback that's won a lot of games in the past, and I don't think any game over the Packers is an easy win. Like, 
I think going into Lambeau is still tough. I think playing Aaron Rodgers in prime time is still tough. And this is an Eagles team that's just not playing well. But the Packers know how to lose games this year. That's just a, a reality. Mm-hmm. So I think the Eagles win the game, but I think it's going to be really close. I would go like 24-21 Eagles, but I don't know what the line is settled at. I think it's seven. Six like, and a half, seven. Depends yeah, I would definitely take the Packers plus whatever, like six mm-hmm. and a half, seven. I think there's a real chance they win this game. Wow. Okay. So we'll see. I also thought the Eagles were only going to win nine games. So, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, they so got there. You're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, once it on Sunday, yeah, exactly. I can I can hold that out. So, but no, thanks for having me on, guys. I really right. thanks, Elliot. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, Elliot. Take care. Yeah, talk to you guys soon. Beer in the water section. You've piqued my interest, liquid death. Okay, so it's not actually beer. It's mountain spring water from the Alps, but it sure as heck looks like a beer when you first see it. And it should pique your interest too because Liquid Death is the incredible new product that looks like a can of beer, but is actually water that comes in sparkling still and three delicious flavors. We've been downing can after can of Liquid Death at my house and everyone's always interested. What are you drinking? What is that? Did Xavier just drink a beer? It's been downright fantastic. And best of all, the water is actually incredible. Listen, I am not a water guy and sparkling water never really did it for me, but even I can't get enough of the lime liquid death, which we have been going through like crazy. So it's fun. It's delicious. And it's actually better for the environment because you aren't adding more plastic bottles to your local landfills. I love the tall boys of liquid death. And I know you're going to as well. If you haven't checked them out yet, you should probably fix that right now and get to a store immediately. You can find liquid death at your local Woodman's 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a liquid death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Elliot Shore Parks. That was great. Uh, Mark, thanks for setting that up. Good, good conversation yeah, I know, there. I, good. I, I, I knew he'd be good and have a lot of insight. He's the guy, I mean, I'll, I'll talk a little more about him. He was the first writer there and people killed him. I mean, fans will always want to kill him. When Carson, when, when, you know, when, when the Eagles went bad under Carson Wentz, 
everybody was making excuses for, oh, the, the, the offensive line's bad. Oh, he don't have enough weapons. Oh, he don't. And Elliott was saying, no, it's him. He's not. It's it's Carson Wentz is the problem. He was the first guy and the only guy for a while saying the line's okay. The receivers are they're okay. They're not great, but they're okay. No, it's him. He's not the same guy anymore. And slowly but surely, a couple other guys went along with him. You told you saw you know then everybody and the Eagles got rid of him. So I mean, he, he was he was he's so he's he'll and he's not a you know he 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 knows the Eagles pretty well and. But when things are wrong, he'll tell you what's wrong. He's got a good pulse. Uh, He's got a good pulse yeah. on the team, and that's that's kind of what's happening right now in some factions of depending on where you get your information, who you converse with. There's there's a lot of people who are getting upset with the idea that Aaron Rodgers might not be able to win games, help the Packers go back to the playoffs, win a Super Bowl. And there's a lot to be seen yet. I mean, this year's not looking too good, but we don't know what's going to happen beyond this year. But that's that's the mark I think of somebody who's got a good pulse and and stands by you know that's why i think it says right there on his on his twitter profile the beat writer you need is how you yeah, introduce him right that. not the yeah. beat writer that you want he's the beat writer you need but you need somebody who's going to stick to their guns and i think you you did the same thing when you were writing oh, and, yeah. and that's that's the mark of a of somebody that's that's giving you a good honest take on the team right and that's that's what we got from him today i mean how about him thinking he thinks the packers have a chance well, I was just surprised he said they were going to score 21 points. I mean, that's <laughs> that seems that seems a little that seems a little gifty. I mean, maybe if the Packers get a defensive touchdown. I mean, we talk about the the defense against the offense, and once again, I mean, the Eagles' offense. I don't care how they've been playing the past couple of weeks. They're coming back home. They know they've got to get better and make a, a strong push at the end of the season. Right now, Mark, I, I expect the Eagles to come out firing on all cylinders. Well, I expected that last week after they lost to Washington on Monday night, playing a the Colts are not good. That's not a good. I mean, the Packers. There aren't a whole lot of teams. The Packers are better than right now. Colts are one of them. So maybe I mean the Packers may be catching the Eagles. Either well, look, you can look at it both both ways. They're catching them at a good time, and that they're just not playing well right now. Something's missing, and maybe maybe the loss of Goddard is more than a lot of us realize. Mm-hmm. But or or it, it could be what you said. Maybe they're catching them at a terrible time, and that they're yeah they had two subpar performances back to back, and now they're ready to. Put, put up 40. Um, Jalen Hurts versus Joe Barry is not something I'm looking forward yeah. to. No, and I, I guess the Tennessee game is long over with, but how how disappointing was it to see how they followed up that win over Dallas with the game Thursday against the Titans? Awful. I mean, and, and again, I know everybody wants this guy, you know, they're blaming Barry, and I'm, I just said, you know, I just took a shot at Barry myself, but Barry did what, what you and I wanted him to do. Stop Derrick Henry. And he did, but the secondary played awful, awful. Alexander wasn't, you know, who's supposed to be the, you know, he's the highest paid cornerback in football. They'll start playing like it. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't good. The safeties weren't good. Douglas was okay. Um, you know, the, the, the secondary gave up way too much to Ryan Tannehill and a bunch of really average wide receivers. That's, you know, you talk about the Packers having average and young wide receivers. Well, Tennessee's receivers are nothing to – get excited about and yeah and, that I, was... and that's what we thought we thought you know stop derrick henry and the packers secondary should should dominate the, the tennessee wide no they didn't now again was it barry's scheme where they were playing too soft maybe but still there was guys because Tannehill didn't they didn't complete a contested throw i mean they were guys just just 10 yards nobody around it was ridiculous how wide open some of the tennessee receivers were in in that game that if those guys got open like that what's what's 
A.J. Brown and, and Devontae Smith going to do against you? A lot. I mean, if, I, I guess Kayshawn Nixon wasn't exposed against Dallas because Dallas just didn't either didn't play well or the Packers. Maybe they had a good game plan. They executed it better uh, against Dallas than they did against Tennessee. But Kayshawn Nixon having to be out there instead of Stokes. And then you've got Rudy Ford filling in at safety when they did bring Darnell Savage up into the slot. And Ford had a great game against Dallas. And Ryan Tannehill wasn't willing to make the same mistakes that Dak Prescott didn't throw two interceptions in the in the end zone that Rudy Ford could could pick off. I mean, Rasul ended up getting one, one there, but he had one. But the the defense is one of just, the few throws that that where there was a guy in coverage. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. It's just it's just baffling to me too, where where your season is on the line and you can't afford to play the way that they did. I mean, they had Tennessee in a lot of third and long. Tennessee set all kinds of season bests against the Packers for points, <laughs> yards. But third down, I mean, everything they did was working. I mean, the fans had to be like, wow, we haven't seen this all season long. They were probably really excited about it. And, you know, even though Derrick Henry didn't get a lot of yards, he did find the end zone at one point. He threw for a touchdown, too, which is the Packers defense just, you know, that might not have been on film. But, again, these are the kind of things that teams know they can do against Green Bay because Green Bay is just not very disciplined on defense. They don't communicate well. Their communication problems in the secondary have been going on for years They've had this for a long time. That's going to be something that I think – I honestly don't know if Joe Barry survives after this season. And, and I, no, I, I just – part of it with all the things that are going on there, I know that maybe they need to make a change there, but it still feels a little scapegoaty if that does end up being what, what happens because the defense has not always – they've looked bad, and they did not look good against Tennessee, but they've not always been the problem. No, but they've been. I mean, the defense has had – they've had their moments, and, and, and I've defended them at times, but – we knew the, the the Packers this season, when you looked at it on paper, prior to the start of the season, and we all thought they'd win the division, whether they were going to win 11 games, 12 games, whatever, 13, whatever they were going to win. We all thought that they'd have a, winning, a good record and win the division. And most of us, at least I'm speaking for myself now, but we thought, well, the offense is going to take some time. You know, they have a whole new group of wide receivers, basically. The offensive line had, you know, your two all pros are coming off knee injuries. They didn't really practice. They didn't play in preseason. How are they going to do there? Um, so you thought the offense would take time to find itself. But I also thought while the offense was finding itself, the defense would dominate and and win games. But well, they that no, that hasn't been the defense has been anything but dominant. They've been they've had their moments, um, and even in the Tennessee game where they were awful for three quarters. They got the stops they needed in the fourth quarter, and the offense decided to to stop playing. So it's been it's been that kind of year. It's just been one of them. It happens. It happens. I've seen it happen to to numerous teams over numerous years where it's just one of them years. And the Packers don't have too many of these. In thirty years, they've had four losing seasons. So you know this is a this is an anomaly. It is, and, it, and here's the other here's the other thing, Mark. And we didn't talk about this with Elliot because it's um, it, it it I I guess it's a weird week for the Packers, kind of having a mini buy, but they don't have any pass rush right now. I mean, Jalen Hurts right. is Jalen Hurts is going to have a pretty easy time on Sunday, even if they've been struggling. He's going to have time to make plays, make throws, because the Packers just are not getting they're not getting that push up front, and that's with. Kenny Clark still, and and I don't know if you you pay attention or follow the Mike Wall and Amon Green uh, on my block podcast. They actually break down a lot of film of the previous Packers game, and they they showed and said, hey, Kenny Clark might not be showing up in the stat sheet, but he's still doing really good work on the inside. He's just not 
getting sacks and other guys aren't necessarily making plays or he's just not getting the credit for the dirty work that he's doing. Jerron Reed has still been good, but you need your edges to produce and Preston Smith's up against it now because he's got to face some doubles and because right. they don't have to pay any attention. I mean, Kingsley Anikbari is doing okay as a rookie and I, I like, he's a rookie. I like what he shows, but he's, I do too. he's not gonna, he, you know, it's, it's, it's not Rashad Gary. So he's a fifth round pick rookie. Fifth round right. pick. It's, what do you expect? I mean, Rashawn Gary, as a rookie, the number 12 overall pick, wasn't ready. You know what I'm saying? So pass rushers take time. I, I think I think he has I think he has a future, but the future isn't now for him. And he's gotten pressed into it. The one guy on his team, even more than Rodgers, I'm, I'm gonna people are gonna tell me I'm crazy, but if there was one guy that this team could not afford to lose, it was Rashawn Gary. Mm-hmm. More than anyone else, we've been really, and we I, said it. We said it, but long before me, we we said it all all season, and it happened yeah, I mean, unfortunately. Because they have they have somebody else anyway. I mean, Kenny Clark would be high on the list as, as well, but mm-hmm. Slayton could play nose tackle. They wouldn't certainly wouldn't be as good, but they'd have somebody that can do. It. And I think Slayton's not a bad player, to be honest with you. Um, you know, if they lost, you know, they won thirteen games last year without Jair Alexander. They're not quite thirteen, but they won a lot of games with it. But, without him he, he got hurt early in the year i guess rogers obviously but we don't know about jordan love I, I still have hope for jordan love you know on the offensive line they've all missed time and they you know they've found a way without gary, i mean gary is their number one by far i mean preston smith's a good second guy he's good as your second guy but now like you said now he's the top guy that's where the offense focuses now and when they're focusing on preston smith he's obviously not as you know dominant for or for lack of a better word. And then they have rookies and other guys on the other side that just aren't. We had said all year they needed another pass rusher, right? We, we were saying during the offseason, we were saying that, you know, we thought they would sign a veteran or try to get somebody. I guess nobody really became available that they could either afford or, or want. And they're paying the price because Gary did get, unfortunately, did get hurt. Let's just all hope and hope and hope and hope that this ACL is more like Robert Tunyon's and not like David Bakhtiari's and, and Gary's okay for the start of next season. Yeah, even the start of next season would be would be pretty pretty ahead of schedule. I mean, I, no, I would, that would be, be very, like Tunyon, right? It was, yeah. I mean, he's got a chance. I mean, listen, Rashawn Gary, that's the one thing the Packers have is guys that work, and Rashawn Gary is a workhorse. He's going to do everything. He's like Bakhtiari. He'll, mm-hmm. he'll do everything he can to get back. If he gets set back or he's not ready, it's going to be a medical thing. It's not going to be right. an effort thing. Oh, yeah. No, no, it will None of the Packer guys, I mean, all the guys that got hurt came back. I mean, at least got, yeah, it was all, it wasn't back to Ari certainly wasn't from a lack of effort on his part. It was that knee was really, it was more than an ACL. It was a bunch of other damage that they didn't tell us about Mm -hmm. um, that caused second surgeries and third surgeries and everything else. So hopefully, and I haven't heard anything about it, you know, good or bad, but hopefully Rashad is just a straight, you know, like, like Robert Tunyon's was a straight ACL tear. It heals and he's and he's good to go. And there's not other ligaments and things in there that are meniscus or any of that other stuff that's that's damaged. Other damage there. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess one of, one of the things that I keep going back to that's just disappointing that that I think if if I'm Joe Barry, I'm going to point to and say, hey, how can I do anything? Is is the state the safeties have been so bad? I mean, 
Adrian Amos has played his way out of Green Bay. He's not going to get another contract after this year. Darnell Savage, they have to stick with because they exercised his fifth-year option. But I think they have to continue to figure out. And if they're going to bring in another defensive coordinator, Mark, I think one of the qualifying questions in the interview process has to be, I need to know what your plan is for Darnell Savage. Because if they just say, well, we'll just put him back at deep safety, then, okay, thanks for your time. (laughs) Here's a parking pass. We'll see you later. But it's 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 that's been such a a disappointing thing and it's a really underrated problem or I mean it's not an underrated problem it's an underrated thing that a lot of people don't think of when they look at the defense and say this defense how are they not doing more with all these defensive backs well if if your entire safety group isn't good then it changes a lot of what your corners have to do when you talk about the Guys wide open in the communication. I mean, look, Savage is still a veteran. Amos is still a veteran. Amos has made plenty of plays. He hasn't made any this season. But it's really, really baffling to me how dis- disjointed the defense looks. And maybe if they if they get Devondre Campbell back, they look a little bit better in the middle. Quay Walker continues to to play well, He's but they get well. they get another good presence like Devondre Campbell. You know, he he returns. I mean, he's. He's in. I mean, everyone else that's hurt on, on defense, and I guess I'm just talking about Rashawn Gary. I mean, they have who they have. I just hope they play hard down the stretch. In this game against Philly, you know, if they can still force a couple turnovers and they, they get some pressure somehow and Joe Barry gets creative, I don't think there's a whole lot else we can ask for from the defense. What's your take? Yeah, I'm with you. And I, I think they're going to have to – I mean, I, I guess I've watched the Eagles game from start to finish the last two weeks. Um, and I still like to watch the – I mean, even though – it's funny. I'm watching the game last week, and, and and my wife was watching it. Or no, this was the Monday night game, I guess. She was whatever game it was, and she's like, "Oh, the Eagles, yeah, you cover." You know, I'm like, "Yeah, but you know, it's been a long time now. I I think I only personally know like three guys on the Eagles, which is hard to believe. Mm-hmm. Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, and Brandon Graham. I think they're the only three guys still on the Fletcher Cox. So there's four, two on both sides of the ball. I think that I actually know. That's that's hard to. I mean, I forgot who their kicker is, who their kicker and punter are. They're both new. New for me. Okay, <laughs> they're not new. I mean, they've both been here like five years, but I've been going six now. So, um, yeah, I mean, I really don't. But I still, you know, I, if 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 I can't watch the Packers, the Packers aren't playing. I watch the Eagles just because, right? So I did watch them the last two two weeks. That's what I was getting at it. And um, Hurts, I mean, especially against the Colts, he he won that game. I hate to say by himself because you, you, in football you never win a game by yourself. But my God, uh, that that last drive, it was him. He ran and he, they got a pass interference call, and he ran some more and he made some other plays. And then the, the quarterback draw to win the game was, like I said, a brilliant, brilliantly drawn up play. You got to spy him, right? So he turned into like he to... turned into vintage Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson. You would say almost like he Not did it all. Fast. Vic, Vic, Vic was amazing. He, people want to say he's Vic, but. Similar. I mean, he can do all that kind of. He, Vic, Vic was. He, see, hurt. I don't think hurts. What's hurts is speed. See, and I don't know. If, I don't know if he's guys. necessarily fast as much right. as he is quick. Game right. speed is something too. Right? Yes, yes, he has that. He has quickness and and um, good moves. And he, he he's elusive. Just a good player. Like this, he's a seriously. He's just a really solid football player. I've always liked him a lot. But I mean, he. I think he runs too much. I'm, I mean, if I'm an Eagle fan, I. Every time he, because he doesn't, he doesn't slide real well either. He, he kind of sticks his head in there. Sometimes. So he didn't play baseball much. Well, Vic wouldn't slide Maybe he either. Did yet. No, 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 he didn't. He was 
No, Vic got Vic got no. hit. He got hit pretty good a couple times too. Yeah, Jalen yeah. Hurts is going to want to add a good slide to his repertoire, it, or, or got him or something. Because I'm I'm shocked he hasn't gotten like hurt. Well, fingers crossed he doesn't because I I no, don't, I don't want, want anybody to get hurt. I, I, I know that. Yeah, I don't want to see. I'm not, I'm not it. saying that in that way. I'm just saying like. But quarterbacks, when they start running, that's the defense's chance to say, "Hey, hey, buddy, you're not a quarterback anymore now." You know? Although this year in the NFL, you never know. I mean, the the, the we if there's one reason why I'm 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 almost I'm never glad the Packers aren't good, but I, I just sit here and look at some of these flags and these penalties that they're calling, especially against quarterbacks this year. And I just think to myself, man, if the Packers had been really good and they got hosed out of going to a really big playoff game or something yeah. because of one of these penalties, I keep seeing like, man, it's been crazy. Well, they they we've had our share of those, but yeah, um, we, we we definitely. But anyway, back to Hurts. I think, and I know you don't want to take somebody out of coverage because they have good receivers now, but you got to trust Alexander and Douglas this week to man up with with uh, AJ Brown and and Devontae Smith. Whether it's Quay Walker, or whether it's Amos, or somebody's got to spy Hurts, or he's going to kill him. Mm-hmm. I mean, average non-mobile quarterbacks have hurt the Packers running the ball. Right? We've seen. Numerous, you know, Tom Brady ran so much that he broke a knee brace. <laughs> You're right. You know, you know, Kirk Cousins runs a little bit. He, he gains first downs against them. I mean, Hurts might run for 150. If, if they don't do something, Hurts is going to run for 150 yards. Yeah. No, he's going to, he'll end up doing, I mean, I, I don't see, and we should probably get to this too, uh, as well too. I, I don't see a really good path to victory unless the Eagles just mm. come out and they, they look like they have the last two weeks and they miss, like they turn the ball over three times right. and, and, and the Packers don't turn the ball over at all. Yep. And, and then, and then it's like, cause you still have Aaron Jones and we're not an offensive show, but you still have Aaron Jones and you still have weapons and, and ways that you can, you can make plays. And listen, if the Eagles come out and they're not playing real well for a third game in a row, it is possible they get inside their own head and they start doing, you start doing desperate things. And then, like you said, like Hertz takes off running instead of staying in the pocket and making a throw that he should throw. And then maybe they make it a little bit easier on Green Bay and the game's closer or, you know, the, the impossible happens, which would be the most befuddling thing. Because if they beat the Eagles, then it's just only going to, it's going to, I'm going to be gnashing teeth over some of the games that they lost. and be like, this season could have been so different. They're going to win this game. Like, geez, come on, man. But it's, it's, I, mean, I, I just don't see a clear path with, with as I, good as Hertz has been. It's the way you, it's the only path is what you just said. If the Eagles, um, yeah, if they fumble, which, you know, Miles Sanders does put the, has been known to put the ball on the ground occasionally. Uh, Hertz has fumbled a couple of times, you know, on sack fumbles. You know, maybe he throws a, he can throw a pick. He hasn't thrown many, but he can. I mean, every quarterback can. Um, and, you know, they, <laughs> You're right. If, if if the defense gets turnovers and the offense plays efficiently like they did again, you know, where they, they take four yards, five yards. That's how Washington right. – I don't think they had a play go – I mean, Terry McLaren had a very good game, um, as he did against the Packers as well, but he had a very good game. But that offense was very methodical. They were gaining like it was – it'd be like second and seven, third and two, first down. Held on to the ball. And, yeah, second and eight, third and five. First and like the first downs were like they were gaining five yards. It was third and five, and they'd get five or six. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't they weren't getting chunk plays. They were they and they held the ball at one point in that game when Philly lost to Washington. The time of possession was like thirty minutes for Washington and like eight minutes for the Eagles. Yeah, it was very lopsided. That's another yeah. good formula. So that's how I mean that's if they're like you're in a path to victory. Yeah, defense create turnovers and the offense play ball control. You know, four corner offense basically get ten yards at a time every time, and then 
just hold the ball, you know? Well, if there's one uh, thing you can say about the Packers defense is that, you know, they say, well, the any defense is on the field for too long, they're going to get tired. But the way the Packers defense has been playing in bad games and some of these games, I'm just like, what are they getting tired doing? Because they're playing soft. They're not really covering anybody. They're not running that hard. Like, what is what is it that's exhausting them? I mean, that's that's what's been so frustrating about about the way the Packers are playing defense, either schematically or the way the guys are playing on the field. I have to imagine this is what Joe Barry wants because I'm not hearing anything about Joe Barry's ticked off because they're not running the defense that he called, or maybe he's just not saying anything. I think Matt LaFleur... Well, they're, a, no, they're, they're ticked at the miscommunication. Yes, yes, and because no Matt LaFleur that. said, we've told them, and I'm in meetings, we've told them what, what we expect from them. We've told them what the play calls are and what the the responsibilities are they're just not they're not doing it but it's like well you know we're in week 12 here what what what's going on like then who's you know where's your leadership and this is where those questions about leadership come into play but that's obviously more of a conversation for later in the season so Elliot picked the Eagles to eke past the Packers I think he's being kind but all but fair I mean somebody who's not as as intimately involved with Green Bay still looks at the Packers and says hey they got Aaron Rodgers that's all I need to know they the, the Eagles win, but they win by three at home. How do you how do you have this one playing out? Well, the line the line being only six and a half, some places seven at the most, and not moving tells me a little something. I mean, I, I mean, for instance, Kansas City, you know, arguably the best team right on par with the Eagles, right? I mean, they're people arguing who who the best team is. They're one two right now, I mm-hmm. guess. They're playing the Rams this week. And the Rams Packers, right? Two of the biggest disappointments in the league. Mm-hmm. That line's 14 and a half. Mm. Justifiably so. Yep. 14 and a half. It's in Kansas City. This game's in Philly. That's three points right there. So you're telling me, based off that line, of, and, and we'll go with seven, you're telling me it's a seven point game in Philly. So if it was a neutral site, it'd be four. Take Because you take the three off. Mm-hmm. If it was in Green Bay, it'd only be one. Basically, a pick game. I don't think so. Well, I don't remember, think it's a pick game. well, remember, <laughs> Vegas is trying to get enough money on right. the one side to cover the other. Yeah, oh, I, I understand what what they mean, what, what they're doing, right? So, there, Vegas has this line. Vegas is begging you to bet the Eagles. Yeah, basically. So, with that said, I'm gonna. I can't see. I can't. I'm like I said. If, if all if the stars align and the Eagles turn it over and blah blah blah. The Packers can win, but <laughs> it almost sounds like well. it almost sounds like you don't want the Packers to win. I won't be upset if they lose. I'm I'm past that. I was a little. I wasn't. I told you the Dallas win was the most non-celebratory win I've had. A, a, I've I've had a, a Packer win in a long time because to me, all winning all winning games is doing right now is keeping Jordan Love on the bench and making their draft pick next year worse. Mm-hmm. I hate saying it that, but uh, but that's what it's doing. It's time. It's the time's up. They're not winning six in a row. Okay, a team that only wins four games in their first eleven is not going to win six in a row. It just doesn't happen that way. Right. So they're not winning six in a row. So they're not going to the playoffs. So if you're not going to the playoffs, what are you doing? Right. Get a, get me get me a top ten pick. Um, and again, I, I but when I watch the game, do I, no, I want them to win. But when they lose, I'm not crushed like I usually am. So, I think I think the Eagles will win. I, I can't pick. It, you know, it'd be a real homer to pick the Packers in this one. But like Elliot, I think, I think the Packers might find a way to cover because the line tells me that. So I'm going to say twenty three seventeen. 
All right. Well, I picked the Packers last week because I really did honestly think they'd come. I I picked Tennessee last week, remember? You you did. That surprised me. You you did, and you were right. Tennessee's good. People don't realize Tennessee's good. Anyway, God, I'm sorry. Leave it with them being good. I I agreed with you. I I agreed with that, and I went in with that take, but I still thought Green Bay might ride the wave and and put two together, Mm -hmm. and then that would make this game really meaningful. Oh, yeah. You you know, you get this one, and then things are very, very different. But I'm going to go 24-17 Eagles. I can't pick against Philly at home. I think even if they're they're not playing their best football, whatever that kind of stuff is, just it's – I think it's foolish to, and I don't have any money on the game either. I was just, I just think it's foolish to, to bet against the Eagles at home this season, even though, again, they're they're in the middle of a down stretch. I still think they find a way to get it done. The Packers have trouble scoring points. I just, that's that's it. And if that does happen, the Packers play competitively. Like I said, I just don't want to see guys quitting. And at least so far to this point, I can't say that I have. So we'll be we'll be thankful for that. So. With this, I guess with this week being a little bit different, the game was on Thursday of last week. So did that change? You still did the recap, but did that change anything for your writing oh, for this yeah. week? Yeah, yeah, I had to do two other. You know, usually my one story is a is a recap, and then I do another feature story. So I did a story that went up on Monday. It's up there now. Um, the headline is, "It's been a it's been a pretty good thirty year run for the Packers," and I just point out that yeah, this year doesn't look like it's going to be. You know, it's not a good year, but. Let's, you know, in, in 30 years, they've only had four losing seasons. Yeah. Which is, in the, in, in the NFC, the next the next team with the least amount of losing seasons is a tie between the Eagles, who we're talking about, and the Cowboys, who both who have both had nine, so twice as many losing seasons as the Packers have had in that same 30-year span. You know, they made the playoffs 22 times. You know, basically, and then, but, and then I talk about those losing seasons and how they – how the team responded, how long it took the team to to, re, to get back, and it hasn't been long in in any of those situations. So, um, it's just a little story about that. And then coming up uh, later today, or maybe depending what time you're listening to us, um, it may already be up. Is a story about Jordan Love and what he's gone through since he was since the Packers moved up to take him in the draft. Yeah. yeah. No, the Packers have been very fortunate. I mean, they've you know usually turned it around within two years, sometimes within one. I mean, twenty eighteen that the very next year they were thirteen and yep. three. Two thousand NFC title. Two thousand five. Within two years, they were back in the NFC Championship game. They right. they finished it at five hundred and oh six. So they've you know seventeen wasn't very good. Eighteen was not a good follow up. But they have we have not had a lot to complain about. You're right, and you can no, tell right. you can tell who's been through it and who hasn't been through it by That's by some of the. Yeah, yeah. Some of the reactions, some of the reactions, and and having to realize, like, hey, this is what a rebuild looks like. This is what maybe not getting it right at quarterback and some of these other key positions looks like. It sometimes takes more tries than not. So very, very, very fortunate. Well, uh, quick slants will be out on Monday after the game. It'll be a late finish, but it'll be up and ready for everybody on Monday morning. So we'll let everyone get back to their Thanksgiving Day festivities. If you haven't already finished eating and haven't fallen asleep halfway through this <laughs> episode with the tryptophan. Uh, that you're that you're on. So hope everybody enjoys their Thanksgiving holiday. Have a really good one, everybody. Uh, enjoy the game, and as always, go pack, go.
Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.